This is the New Zealand Young Professionals Podcast, brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Now please welcome your host, Ed McKnight. Hello and welcome along to the New Zealand Young Professionals Podcast. I am your host, Ed McKnight, and today I'm in the studio with Izzy Whitley from Auckland Labour Hire. Izzy, how are you going? Good, Ed. Good. Thanks for uh, getting me along here, mate. Oh, no worries. Now, Izzy, you've got a really interesting story, um, both from your, your background and how you've come to start this business, because you're a 22-year-old entrepreneur, right? Yep. 23 as of a couple of weeks ago. Oh, but, 23. I got that yeah, no, a little cool. bit off. Um, and, and you've come through some really, really tough times. So we're looking to forward to digging into those um, today. But do you want to just give a little bit of background on yourself just to start off? Um, yeah. Well, I'm... Uh, I'm a I'm a Kiwi born boy from a small town Gizzy on the east coast of um, the North Island. Uh, grew up there in in a pretty humble big family. Um, I'm one of four. Dad was one of nine. I've got 38 first cousins, so I'm pretty sure you can understand the the size of the family. Um, grew up, went to uh, Macaulay Primary School, then went on to Gisborne Intermediate through to Lytton High School. Then made the move to Westlake, and then I've I've been up in Auckland since. So. Oh, fantastic! And just for the listeners at home, the key, the key reason we're doing this uh, episode today, and I was just saying it to Izzy before we started recording, was that looking back at the downloads for this podcast, the episodes that it seems that you guys are really interested in are the ones with young business owners who are kind of just taking their first steps uh, in building their organisations. Um, even the, the previous episode with Elliot Jessup got more downloads than the one with the Prime Minister. Um, so it seems that that's really what people are keen on, which is why I put out the call on LinkedIn and Izzy kindly responded and said, yeah, I'm keen to sit down and have a chat about being a young guy in business and building it up. So just to, just to kick off, do you want to talk a little bit about Auckland Labour Hire? Um, yeah. Um, look, we've, we've started up and we incorporated in August 2016. Um, with a bit of a vision and a goal, one one that we didn't think would be where we are today. Um, so really thankful for kind of how things have gone. Um, but basically, we we just do our best to um, provide work for for people in in New Zealand who who are without it. Um, but along with that, we really want to focus on creating the best environment and uh, atmosphere we can for for each and every one of our workers. That's that's our internal team. Um, you know, doing all the administration and whatnot, and our boys out in the front line. So if we if if we can do that, if we can provide a a healthy environment, then we're happy. So, and essentially, what the business is is you've got labourers who are doing building, or is it is it plumbing as well? But they're, they're tradesmen who are working on construction sites. Yeah, so we actually only have a couple of qualified tradesmen. Um, the rest of uh, probably coming from more of the general skilled labour background. Um, and we go from cartage companies to freight companies to car grooming, construction. So our um, variety of, of who we supply to is really expanded. So initially we were in the residential um, sector and from there we're now, uh, you know, having most of our work in the commercial um, building industry. Um, but like I just said, you know, there's also another couple of sectors and whatnot. So, 
Yeah. And how do you go about, like, I imagine these are quite high value contracts that you're, that you're dealing with because you'd be supplying up to 10 to 30 people per, per site at times. Like, how do you go about finding these as like a 23 year old business owner and then try to be taken seriously by some large construction companies? Um, I, I think something in New Zealand at the moment, which is really important, which a lot of people um, tend to maybe forget at times, um, is I think the person-to-person um, relationships and, and the importance of them. That's mm-hmm. something I've really focused on and, and will continue to do. So I'd probably say, um, you know, the majority of, of, of what we do and, and how we've done it's been built on the relationships that I've, I've formed and and, and continue to, to keep. So, yeah, it's 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 an interesting question, but odd, and it's hard to say, but, you know, there's a lot of cold calling and whatnot to go yeah. into it, but but as soon as I can have that point of contact, then um, it, it's, I find that informing a relationship and, and going from there. So so it was a lot of how you find customers, because this is always the, the question we get asked all the time, is, well, how do you find your first customer? I imagine the, f- the first ones probably came from personal contacts that were already existing. Um, my first customer actually came off Trade Me. I it was just when we incorporated actually, and I kind of thought, look, um, I'm going to go and see people who need this and that, um, and I'll tell them that we have workers. And at the time, we didn't, but um, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to generate interest, and I wanted to be able to. Um, get the ball rolling and, and have something there for when time did come and, and we, we got someone on board. Our first worker um, to successfully um, go on site was actually and is a friend of mine um, and that, that was in end of September so that was, yeah, all through Trade Me all through Trade Me adverts and then and then we started to grow a bit more organically um, and and after a bit of market research and whatnot, we, we then started to kind of see where we wanted to be and whatnot. And when you first had this idea, yeah, I'm going to start this this company, right, I better go sell it, and you were almost selling it before you had it in terms of you didn't have these workers yet, you were just like, I better go find a customer and then I'll just figure it out. Um, were you committed to the business at that point or was it just like, a, oh, I'll just test this out? I knew I was probably too committed um, very early on and I, I knew that it was almost like an unborn child for me. You know, like <laughs> I, I, I knew and I was, ex- I was just incredibly excited to see where it could go because um, if it's one thing I, I know and I knew that I always had over most of my peers, it's, it's probably my willingness to, to put my head down and do the hard work no matter where it is and, and what time it is. So, um, yeah, so, you know. And is there, I guess just to give some listeners, the listeners some more uh, context, this business really, uh, the roots of it started about 10 years ago when you were 13, right? Yeah, so I um, started mowing lawns um, when I was about 13. And um, yeah, I guess that's where the, the work ethics kind of um, been, been put in from. So, yeah. Gosh, and I, I can't even imagine what it's like as a thirteen-year-old kid, and your dad plucks you out of out of it was intermediate school, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're um, I was actually waking up to um, go to go. To, I was looking forward to waking up to going to school. Um, my dad never let me sleep in past seven a.m. Actually, regardless, because he didn't want me to learn bad habits. Funny enough, <laughs> um, but no, th- that morning I got woken up at six o'clock, and it was kind of. 
come along. Let's uh, let's cross the road and, and go to work. So, um, you know, I wasn't going to argue with the old man. So, so were, how old were you? At, uh, sorry, what was the context of that time? Were you? Uh, it was your first day at intermediate, or oh, no? I was, oh, so I was in year eight. So that's my second year at intermediate, and um, yeah, we're, we're going into. I was, I was planning on going going to school, and and Dad actually just had one of his workers um, either fall ill or maybe resign, um, and um, from that point on, yeah, I think he just kind of maybe just jumped onto it and kind of thought, hey, you know, I'll see what the young fella's got it got in his back pocket in terms of work, and it's probably I was probably the only other person in Gisborne who didn't have work to be fair, so yeah. Oh, fair enough. And that was at Gisborne Girls High yeah. at the time. So Dad, Dad was a caretaker at Gisborne Girls High School, and he had been for as long as I'd been alive. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, like I said, he needed a bit of, <laughs> bit of help. He was under a bit of pump, under the pump a little bit with um, – getting on top of the lawns and and that's when I kind of had to step up really I was going to say even at 13 it would have been pretty cool being um, I can imagine if I was 13 being at the local girls high school uh, even if it was mowing lawns that would have been pretty cool yeah it it was pretty cool it it was um, it was cool I I thought it was cool I actually did do a little bit of work with him um, building a batch up in Funeral Bay um, probably when I was about 11 and 12 in the school holidays but so yeah, I did always kind of. I did always have a lot of interest in on having having a tool belt on and, and getting involved with with a bit of hard work and whatnot. So, yeah, and did working so hard throughout um, throughout those high school early high school years. Did that affect your like studies at all? Absolutely. Um, it goes without saying, really, if you're working that much from a young age. But I I never really had enough interest in school, and I think that's probably what my dad saw. The only thing I really cared about was football, mm-hmm. and um, and 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 from from yeah from there on in I I never had a, a great interest in in doing my schoolwork because I wanted to be a footballer and so I guess he realised that and thought hey I'll I'll keep him out of trouble before and after school. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you were doing twenty five hours per week at thirteen doing mowing the lawns at Gisborne Girls High. With the, these big ambitions to to still be still be out on the grass, but um, playing soccer or football, it is right. Yep, football. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, and then you moved up to Auckland. Was, was that to pursue? That was to pursue it professionally. Yeah. Um, look, there's always the professional goal for anyone who, who plays football. Um, the reality of, is of it that it's not a common. Um, it's not a common job for most people I, I always did want to be a professional I, I did kind of know deep down that I was never really going to get there yeah. um, but I had a goal on on kind of where I wanted to be and, and what I'd be happy with kind of achieving so yeah and so how do you get from being a um, trying to trying to do the football thing professionally working really hard with, with your dad to then starting this business um it's hard because I, I never ever thought I'd own my own business. It was never an ambition of mine. Um, but if I think it's anything that working hard in football's taught me, it's you've got to have a lot of discipline and you've got to want it more than the people next year. And it's that simple. It's I, I personally, in in a lot of aspects of my life, would would not classify myself as a academic above people or a you know natural athletic person. I just think. 
there weren't many people who I'd, who I'd either rub shoulders with who I thought, yep, you work harder than me. Obviously, there is, but I'd, I was always happy with where I'd position myself in that. So, Oh, fantastic. Uh, but you had you had some physical stuff that happened, right, to, to actually kickstart it. To kickstart the, the, the business. Yeah. yeah, so um, I guess, yeah, I did just overwork um, the body and wanting to achieve what I, what I always did. Um, and that came at a cost of a pretty severe heart condition. So um, that, that all happened and, and that occurred. But I guess I, I wasn't really ready to sit on that and sulk about it. So it was just about moving forward as soon as I found out, really. So. Sure. Yeah, because just off air, um, you, you were mentioning that you, you were in hospital, had a bit of a, a minor cardiac arrest or, or something like that. I'm not sure if ever a cardiac arrest can be minor, but it seems, yeah. it seems pretty serious. But you were, you were sitting there thinking, right, what, what can I do next already just while you're lying in this hospital bed? Yeah, so I was there. Um, I had my, my girlfriend and, and her family. I had my family come up from Gisborne. And, and um, it was funny, I... My my family were kind of really hanging on to the fact that I would come back and play football, but like I did say off air earlier, I, I knew the damage had been done internally. I think you know, you know you, when you know yeah, um, yeah. when something's wrong, and and my family, you know that they can't no different. But um, there's just a yeah, you know. So it was that time, but it was, it was really funny, a really iconic um, stage in oh chapter or event in my life is when my girlfriend's um, dad actually came up to me and he said this will probably be the best thing that'll happen to you and at the time okay. I was like alright like easy on Dave but <laughs> but um, you know I um, I actually said that to my brother I relayed that to him I said look this is what Dave just said and he goes oh no I think he'll be pretty correct <laughs> so um, yeah so what did he mean by that? The, he, he he's um, he's you know I respect Dave very highly for as a person and what he's done in in his business, mm-hmm. oh, not in his own business, but in the business industry that that he was in. So, I kind of tried to connect the dots to hopefully that this could come, you know, this could mean something in the business world for me. And and I really really kind of hung on to that comment. So, and did, and was what. Of course, you have to say that Dave's a, a nice guy on air, given that he's your girlfriend's dad. But was what he was trying to get at that this means you can focus on something else? You know, if you, if you kind of always knew that this football thing um, may may not have worked out, it meant that you could focus on something a little more tangible. Was that what he was getting at? Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's what he was getting at. Um, whether I was ready to hear that or not at the time, <laughs> I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, that, that I definitely think that's what he was kind of looking forward to and and that's probably what his intentions were to that comment yeah it's a pretty tough thing to tell a a, a 21 year old yeah. or 22 year old kid he, as well he, he had it with a, with a smile on his face and 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 he was right next to me quite quite a lot of that time so um so yeah it, w- it wasn't out of a serious thing it was a bit of a bit of a joke but then i guess there's a bit of seri- seriousness underlying it as well oh there always <laughs> kind of is so so you decide right here i'm going to start this auckland labor hire thing i want to go and um and kind of continue what i'd already been doing in terms of this background and labor what what do you do next how do you take the first step um i guess the first step is is incorporating a company um which which i did and then um yeah, it was just a big, big learning curve, really. I, I kind of, I guess you do need to trip along the right thing at the right time, 
at, at some stages in your life and I was, I was really blessed to have done that at the time I did so starting that up um, then that's really when things started to grow um, mm-hmm. you know even if we look back a year um, the the growth that the country was experiencing in, in, in that industry and the shortage of labour was huge mm-hmm. so I just knew that I had to bide my time and, and make sure I'd come up with a um, relatively um, straightforward and and simplistic but efficient strategy and structure to um to get the ball rolling in the right direction and, and once I did that then I was I was pretty confident that things could continue to go forward from there. Okay, it, it must be a fascinating business, especially at when you, when you first start and get your first customer because you've got these and this is getting into some boring cash flow stuff but you you're getting these workers in that you've got to pay basically two weeks after they've done the job but. Depending on how your contracts work out with the people hiring you, they might not pay you for thirty to sixty days. Yeah, so um, did, did look, you every, find every that? contract's different? Um, everyone, you know, I think everyone would would like in the next day if they could. But um, it is one of those things, and 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 like I said, it's um, you know, I think from from an early stage we kind of knew what we needed, and we were we were really, really, really lucky and blessed to have had the the. The beginning clients that we did who were really on board and, and, and willing to help out they weren't a big company where they did wait till the 20th of the month so we, we, we like I said we stumbled across a, a client that co-aligned with what we needed Fantastic and I could also imagine that like as you'd mentioned the construction industry at the moment is, is absolutely booming um, it's doing great things I love driving in on the Auckland motorway and as you just start driving into the city there are about 11 cranes mm. just bang straight there so it's it's absolutely booming but did you know that at the time did you kind of say look out and see hey this this is going up and up and up and it's probably going to continue let's get on that wave or was that just I'm used to this like I know labour let's get into it um like I said to you off air earlier, we, we were strictly focused on the residential mm-hmm. market initially. Um, it wasn't actually till I had a call, organic call, oh, not an organic call, we had a call from one of our advertisements we had up from a, a fed up client with who was current supplies were that we actually got into the commercial mm-hmm. industry. So once we got my, once I got my foot in the door, then I was kind of like, you know, cranes equal money. So, if there's a few cranes up, then um, then you know there's there's something to to work with. So. Yeah, hey, I've always wanted to ask you. Might you may or may not know the um, answer to this, but how much does it cost to hire a crane? Oh, I think I think to have one of those cranes on your site's about six thousand bucks a day. That's a lot of cash. Wait, is that even on like a Sunday if the guys aren't working? I I I would love to know. I would love to know, and that that's kind of that figure that I've just said there's kind of gone off. A couple of conversations with a couple of other, yeah. you know, contractors and whatnot. So, I I couldn't know the ins and outs, but I, I think, and I'm under the impression it is a roughly around that that six thousand bucks a day, and, and that's not including the uh, operator who's who's sitting up there. Okay, so. no, it's interesting because there's a there's a lot of products, I guess, that you kind of look at sometimes. And I'm like, how much does that cost? Yeah, like how yeah. much does it cost to hire a crane? And I was I was driving along with with my business partner the other day, and I was like, oh, cranes. Wonder how much they are. Not that we'd ever need one. I think I think though you can get them from about a million bucks upward as well. Is that what it costs to? I, I to think hunt? I think those big ones to buy one. I think that's probably what they end up costing you. 
to be honest, a million dollars for a crane seems like that seems pretty good value. Good return on your investment, but um, I, I, I think like anything, there's a lot more to them, and and one, once you do obviously get the crane, there's obviously a lot of other stuff that would that will go along. But I think that would be just one of the small ones. You've got those big ones that the boys will be using in the commercial bay in downtown. Yeah. Um, I'd hate to know the price tag that they have in there. Yeah, and I was also thinking like. The the even if you buy a crown, you're like okay, radio. If the return, let's just say it's six thousand dollars or whatever. You know, you send it out for a hundred days a year. Then we're talking about um, six hundred thousand dollars. You already got sixty percent of your uh, return back. But then the, you're going to worry about the depreciation on it. And I imagine the hardest thing is actually selling it and getting yeah. those relationships to go out and um, exactly. sell your crane. I, th- I I haven't looked into it, but. I'd imagine it's a very, very competitive market getting up, getting those cranes up, and and I'm sure there's some compounding insurance issues that everyone would face yeah. getting them up in the air and whatnot. So. Oh yeah, insurance would be the worst. Yeah. Imagine yeah, if you yeah. accidentally knock over the building, there goes your insurance. Oh, exactly. That's what I mean. So, um, you know, it, I think it's one of those things that's probably a little bit more high risk, high reward than anything. So. Yeah. And hey, I read a stuff article about you that mentioned that you basically run. Auckland Labour Hire on Facebook because you're the middleman matching together people who want jobs with people who need jobs doing. What did you kind of mean by that, that it's all run on Facebook? Well, I, that's how we've done most of our advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a website that's, that's currently under construction at the moment because it's not very good. Um, yeah, because it looks like a Squarespace kind of one, right? It's a Squarespace run. We, we don't actually promote it whatsoever um just because we'd, we'd prefer to utilize our social media platforms yep. and and that's yeah that's just kind of an organic um thought process that 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 i initiated and and, and thought hey i can um do it this was actually one of my classes at university um which which really um which really clicked for me i was kind of like it was a social media and digital marketing class actually and i was like oh you know this could probably work for me here so give that a go and, and whatnot so Oh, nice, because I can, I can imagine that's how you get a lot of your workers coming in because the people who are probably on their phones, you know, it's quite easy to advertise to them, uh, you know, especially if you're telling people, hey, it's pretty easy to get a job, you know, we've got them here, just come and apply and we'll give them to you and you can target that on social media. But is that also how you're getting your clients? Uh, we don't get any of our clients off social media, actually. I think we've probably had two. Okay. Um, the... We we aren't really in that market to get the clientele. We're, we're just in there to get the personnel. So, yeah. But I suppose that's that's the key thing. But let me ask you this: Why is it that a construction company couldn't do that themselves? What is it that you guys do differently? Um, I think if I'm just going to be brutally honest with you, it's the margins that are put on there uh, level out for the hassle that it would take. If you think about it, you've you might have to pay someone to do all that marketing and, and whatnot, and it's just going to be cheaper for those and easier for those companies to ring yeah. up Izzy, for instance, and say, hey, mate, I need eight lads tomorrow. Then say, hey, Joe Bloggs in the office, can you chuck up this advert? We need this and this and this, you know? So it's it's time efficient and it's, mm-hmm. and it's uh, cost effective as well. And I guess that if you've got that, um, you've got the ability to go and get these people pretty easily. You've probably built up this database now, given that you've got about four and a half thousand likes on Facebook. You've probably got a decent database of people wanting work. Um, it's just about calling them up now and saying, hey, we've got this job. Are you able to do it tomorrow? Do you want to come in? Yeah. So, um, you know, the the busier the market, the 
the harder it is to get the workers. So it's just finding a, a reliable core group, really, and then 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 building on that. So you know, we we could throw out a lot more, or we could we could hire a lot more people than what we do, um, and give them opportunity to go out there. But we're really focused on on keeping it a you know at the moment we we want to grow obviously but we'd like to grow at a sustainable um rate of reliability yeah so. because it seems like a pretty substantial business already um when i was doing my research in your first year you did about three quarters of a million dollars yeah yeah so um you know that, that took myself and 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 most people within my circle by surprise really it's it did start to grow and, and whatnot. So yeah, you look we we had a little bit of success there, I guess, and and we're we're happy enough with with how it went. So yeah. Oh, nice. And the other thing I wanted to dig a little bit into is that you'd be already mentioned that you are at Massey University doing the doing your degree. Um, so often we hear that there's a almost dichotomy between like you either go to university and then you get a job after that, or you try and start a business after that. Or you just say, I'm not going to do university, I'm going to start a business. But you've done both. Do you have any thoughts about like the usefulness of university and things that you've got there, um, you've learned there, and then applied in the business? Uh, look, there's definitely been a couple of things I've taken from from university. I think um, the whole degree thing I owe to myself. I've, I've, I can't put a finger on something that I've started and finished. So it's kind of like a little bit of a thing for me to do personally. And... Um, and I don't know what my forever is. I don't know what's going to happen in four years' time. So, um, you know, whether I'm involved or not with Auckland Labour Hire, um, I'd I'd love to kind of see myself um, as a CEO later on down the track for a, for a different company and, and looking to kind of see whatnot. So I don't want to allow or risk myself operating at a capacity in a, in a corporate environment because I don't I don't have a degree and. and and yeah, I think a degree is important to an extent, but I think more so it's more of a filtering thing. Yeah. Through um, through through jobs. So is this so is your plan potentially to sell Auckland Labour Hire in the future? Um, look, it's I'm not too sure what's going to happen at the moment or what we want to happen at the moment. I'm really really happy doing what I'm doing. Yep. Um, so, but I think it would probably be be a bit silly to say. I'd be there for 10 years, I'd be there for two, and realistically, you just don't know. So I'm just taking it week by week and, and, and seeing seeing what comes up. We, we've actually had a bit of interest from um, potential um, investors and, and, and whatnot. So we've had a couple of offers and, and people wanting to come in and, and uh, take the name and, and whatnot. But, but yeah, so... And what have you said to those offers? Um, I think you've just got to... Um, take it as well as you can I think if you can turn around and, and A be a bit satisfied with the initial interest mm-hmm. but then um, you know I think an important thing to say is just you know th- thanks for the interest but at the moment we're uh, we probably we might want to have this chat later on but at the moment mm-hmm. now's, now's not the uh, time we, we've got a really exciting you know X amount of time coming up which we do and, and that's kind of what we're focused on so yeah, I can, I can imagine that you're you're in this growth phase and you don't want to sell it now when actually you could grow it really quickly and it'll be worth three, four, five times as much in two years. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's right, you know. And 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 like you said, the price tag is always always nice. Um, 
but I think it's really important for us at the moment to not worry about that and, and really prioritise on our environment and making sure it's the, the best one for all of our boys working and whatnot. So Yeah, because I saw that you guys have like um, employee of the month and things like that and you're giving them like Yui boobs and um, Dr. Dre headphones and things like this. Yeah, I, I um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, really focused on, on doing the best we can mm-hmm. to create an awesome working environment um, and on a personal and on a business level. Um, if we can reward the boys for their hard work, um, to see them happy about it is, um, you know, that that's that's rewarding beyond words to to see how satisfied um, the boys are to to receive that and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. And why is it so important to focus on um, on the guys? Look, I I, I had my dad um, doing sixty hour weeks on a minimum. At Gisborne Girls High School, and despite there being a bit of personnel um, within there who he did have quite a good rapport with and, and got along with and, and mutual respect, I still don't think the the respect and the the valuation of him, someone doing so much for um for an organisation or a school, um, it kind of made me a little bit sick to the stomach, really. To to kind of realise that there was that lack of appreciation for for people at the lower end of the scale. Okay. Um, so that's really um, put a big incentivizer for me to to make sure I can go to sleep at night knowing that I I'm I'm doing the best I can for my boys to to get up with a smile on their face and go to work. So. And why is it that? Do do you think um, that people don't show so much respect to the lower end? Um, that's a question I'd love to know the answer to. For me, I, I don't know it. You know, I um, I've, yeah. Look, it's it's something that's a, that that should be changed, and and a, and a big question mark. And I, and I find myself in a lot of conversations, people telling me that they are that they do feel appreciated, and some that they don't. And it's um, I like I said, if I can't I can't worry about other people outside of my company. Unfortunately, realistically, um. Mm-hmm. But as, as long as I can focus on the ones within 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 Auckland Labour Hire and, and the boys are happy, then then you know I'm, I feel like we're good for go kind of thing. Definitely makes sense. And let me ask you one one last thing: what, what's a piece of typical business advice that you hear that you think actually that's completely wrong? Oof. <laughs> um, business advice that's I heard that's wrong. Um, that's a tough one because you hear a lot. Um, you do hear a lot of things that you necessarily do and don't agree with. Um, I, I, oh, actually, uh, there's. I think companies, especially starting up, I think if, if I to touch base on anything, it would be for, I guess, a market entry kind of business. Is, is some people are really focused on the profits, and and giving themselves a big chunk of change really early on. Um, when I think that's if you can do that then fantastic but I think some people probably just set their sights on that a bit too much and, and get really fixed on that and if they're not giving them this or that much then I think they get a bit gutted and, and lose interest so that would probably be my 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 turnaround on, on advice that I hear so. so as a business owner don't be when you're just starting out don't focus too much on the, the profit but focus on yeah as long as you can run your company without losing money mm-hmm which is preferable. Which is, you know, 
when I say losing money, I mean, you know, in terms of a cash flow, obviously your initial investment's going to be something that you'll have to, well, not have to, but you'd like to return on. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I, don't, I think having more of a long-term vision is better than a short-term one. Yeah. And the last thing I was just going to say is I've noticed that you, you, you've branded this like company pretty well in terms of, I just saw your car outside. It's got, got a, um, Auckland labor hire all over it. You've got the back of your phone cover there. It's got Auckland labor hire on it. Like most of your Facebook posts are like the back of your, your guys best and stuff. It seems like the the kind of thing that most most labor hire companies wouldn't even bother focusing on, but um, it's kind of makes you guys kind of cool. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I've got an uncle who's really helped out with the logos and and whatnot, and I, I send all the vests down to him and, and kind of say, hey, do what you think's best, and then he sends them back up, and and so he's been really helpful. Okay, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I I really like how our brand and. And how we expose it, and I'm I'm really happy with how it's all going, and and yeah, it excites me to go and and when I'm scrolling through my personal Facebook to to see it up there, it's it's yeah, it puts a smile on my face. So, oh well, if you you'll be very happy about that. And the last thing I want to ask you is, if there's um you know a 22 year old or 21 year old out there listening to this, and they're they're about to finish university or um they're, they're working at a job that they maybe not so hot on, what what would be your advice to them just to start about starting out in business um i think you've just got to back yourself and you've got to be resilient um being resilient is probably one of the biggest things and when people talk about talent and and you've got to have people turn around and would say oh you've got to have that naturally and, and whatnot i i think the only thing that separated me is is probably my work ethic and work rate so um don't dwell on those bits of advices and sentences I'd guess um, and yeah just if you've got a work rate then you've got a whole load of talent so that would probably be my bit of advice Fantastic Izzy Whitley thank you for your time Thanks for listening to the New Zealand Young Professionals podcast. I am your host, Ed McKnight. Now, if you're keen for more content like that, please hit subscribe in your favourite podcast listening app. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud. We're pretty much on all of them. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook. We are NZ Young Professionals Podcast or also on nzyoungprofessionalspodcast.com. Until next time. The New Zealand Young Professionals Podcast, hosted by Ed McKnight and brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand.